0: Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Well, hey, everyone. We haven't had a chance to meet yet. My name is Chris. I get to serve as the pastor on the team here. And I'm thrilled that you decided to join us today, because today we are concluding our For Everyone message series. And Jesus was super clear why he came. He said it this way in Luke 19.10. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus' mission was a search and rescue mission. And now his church, us, we are his search and rescue team. And the reason this is, is because God loves everyone. Ali said it to kick off the service. He loves everyone. Doesn't matter their skin color, their economic status, their background, he loves everyone. And he wants a relationship with everyone. And his love is radical. Jesus taught of God's radical love this way. We kicked off the series reading this parable, but let me read it one more time. Jesus says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. is the ultimate expression of God's love. He laid down his life for us so that we can have a relationship with God. He essentially left the 99 to find the one because God loves you. And he loves the one in your life who doesn't know him yet. Could be a family member, a, a coworker, a neighbor. He even loves them. You know, the person you don't really understand the person you struggle to get along with, the person you don't even like, God loves them. And we're called to love them too. Now, when Jesus taught these things, these principles, the religious didn't like it. They didn't like when he taught it, they didn't like when Jesus lived it. And when Jesus caught wind of that, here's how he responded. Matthew 9, 12 says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, Jesus is the great physician. And because he's the great physician, what that makes us as a church is the hospital. And we all have a part to play because Jesus came for the sick. Jesus did not come for the righteous. He came for the sinners those who are far from God, the ones who are still lost in wandering about. He came for us, like when we were disconnected from God. Now, the reason this matters is because as a church, like Connect Church doesn't exist to connect the connected. The connected, they're already connected. Connect Church exists to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. Now, in saying that, please don't mishear me. Anyone, everyone is welcome to gather with us, to worship with us. If you're exploring faith, this is a great place to be. We are thrilled that you're here, and we hope that you experience God's love in your time with us. And even more so, we hope that you would experience life with Jesus in a relationship with God too, because that's where it's at. And then some of you You know Jesus, and you kind of joined in to connect along the way, and that's great too. We're glad you're with us. The invitation for those of us who know Jesus, follow Jesus. And Jesus is for everyone. So we are for everyone. We're going to be for the one who's far from God. We're going to be for the one who we don't even like, even them, because God loves them and we are called to express his love to them. Now, Jesus' vision for his church is even greater still. And what we're going to do today is take a look at what he taught in the Sermon on the Mount, but what he expects of his followers. So if you've got a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at just a couple verses, verses 13 through 16, and we're going to see what Jesus is calling us to. If you need a Bible, we've got free Bibles in the back. You can also follow along in the app and take notes there. So when I was preparing to plant Connect Church, part of that process was a church planting residency. And the way this particular residency worked is we had a Zoom call on Wednesdays where we got to hear from pastors and ministry leaders from all over the country who were really gifted in specific elements of church ministry. Everything from fundraising to discipleship to outreach, all the different things. And on one of the calls, A pastor raised a question that has haunted me ever since. The question is this. If your church suddenly ceased to exist, would your local community care or even notice? If your church suddenly ceased to exist, would your local community care or even notice? Let me tell you, when I heard that question, it just like sparked big vision in me that day. I thought, we're not gonna be a church that's simply in the community, we're gonna be a church that's for the community. We're gonna be for Lone Tree, we're gonna be for South Denver. And we moved out and we started it. And we've been doing this thing for a couple of years now. Many of you have been along for the ride. And when I, I think of how things stand today, I gotta be honest with you as your pastor, and I gotta say, When I consider this question, would our local community care or even notice if Connect Church ceased to exist? I think the honest answer is no. I think it's no. Not as of yet. I would like to think that we've had such an impact locally that our community, those around us, our neighbors, local businesses. Etc. they would object to Connect Church just going off into oblivion. But we're not there yet. But today's not the last day of Connect Church, which means God is not done with us. And I believe God still wants to move in us and through us to impact our local community. And today we're going to see how we can do that. But before we jump in, let's pause, let's pray, and let's ask that God give us His vision for the people here and how we can love them well. Lord, we come before you and we are eager to know you more. We are eager to join you on mission. We're eager to be a part of what you're doing. So would you open our eyes to where you're at work? Would you break our heart for what breaks yours? And together, would we experience you move in our community like never before so that you get the glory and others benefit from a relationship with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jesus, teaching Sermon on the Mount, he's looking at his disciples, those close to him, those following him, and he says this, Matthew five thirteen through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." In this teaching, Jesus used two metaphors to call his followers to more, to to live out their faith in him. The idea would be that they would live out their faith in such a way that it would be evident to others and others would actually glorify God too. So the first metaphor Jesus used was salt. Again, he said it this way, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now in the ancient Near East, salt was valued for its many uses. Today we we use salt primarily to flavor food. But in the ancient Near East, it was used for a bunch of different reasons. Flavoring was one of them. It could also be used to destroy things. It could be used especially to preserve things. That was like the primary use of salt. They didn't have refrigerators back then. So what they did is they would douse the meat with salt, and that would help preserve the meat until they were going to eat it. Now, That is what Jesus' original audience would have had in mind when he said, you are the salt of the earth. They wouldn't have been thinking, oh, we're going to taste so good. No, they would have heard, essentially, I want you to preserve what's good in the world. That's your responsibility as my followers. You are the salt of the earth. You are to preserve what's good in the world. Jesus you know, continued with this metaphor, and he asked this rhetorical question, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Okay, scientifically, salt can't lose its saltiness. Jesus knows that. He created salt, after all. But he's making a point because, you see, a, a more literal translation of that loses its saltiness would actually be is defiled. And what Jesus knew and what his audience knew was that if anything got mixed in with the salt, the salt wouldn't be a very good preservative anymore. In fact, you might as well just throw it out because it's good for nothing. So the the challenge for us as followers of Jesus is we we can't be defiled. We need to be preservers of the good, but we can't let the bad seep in. How can we be salty as a church? What would it look like to be preservers of the good? Well, in a, in a day and age where climate change is impacting our world, what if we were just like good stewards of God's creation? We just go like way back to the very first thing God told people to do, what if we did that? And we just tried to be good stewards of what's in front of us. In, in a day and age where sex and marriage have been distorted, We're going to be a church that celebrates God's design for sex and marriage. We're going to fight for healthy marriages. We're going to fight for healthy families. In a day and age where money has become a a source of security for so many, we're going to be a people who trust God and we're going to steward whatever he entrusts to us to advance his kingdom, to accomplish his purposes. In, in a day and age where love has been diluted to tolerance, we're going to seek to be like Jesus. We're going to be full of grace and full of truth. We're going to love people well. Because Connect Church, we are called to be the salt of the earth, the preservers of what's good. And at the same time, we've got to be careful that we don't dilute the gospel. Because if we dilute the gospel, our message becomes meaningless, And our ministry is powerless. We are the salt of the earth and we're the light of the world. This is the second metaphor that Jesus shared. Verses 14 through 16 again. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven." God's plan has always been for his people to be a light to a dark world. Back in the Old Testament, we see God call the Israelites, his people, to be a light for the nations, a a calling they didn't live up to well. They, They instead sought to blend in and be like the other nations And their witness, well, it lost some of its influence and power and impact. But then Jesus comes onto the scene, and Jesus says things like this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then also from the Gospel of John, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. What we know is Jesus is no longer in the world physically, which kind of leads us back to Matthew 5 where Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and, they put, it, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That The point of these scriptures if to, like, sum it up, I would sum it up this way. Jesus is the light of the world, like the light of the world. So we as his people should be a light in our world. Our families, our circles of friends, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, we should be a light there. But let's not be, like, let's not fall into that same trap that Israel fell into. Let's not try to blend in with others. We look so much alike our coworkers, or our neighbors or whoever it is that they don't even notice anything different about us. There's no reason for them to praise God because they look at our lives and they're like, they're the same as me. No, let your light shine that all may see and all may glorify God as a result. The uh, most impactful way that I've seen a church embrace its local community was actually In my time when we were back in Maine, I'm originally from Maine, came out here for college, college, grad school, et cetera. We ended up moving back to Maine for a handful of years. And I got to serve on staff at uh, the church I really came to faith in Jesus at. It's named East Point, it's in Portland, Maine. And what was so cool about my experience there is I got to see our church just embrace those in need in our community. A couple of creative ways, that we did that as a church. We started a nonprofit called Just Love, helped women who are coming out of human trafficking. On uh, Friday and Saturday nights, we'd send out what we called street disciples. And there were these groups of people who would just walk the streets of downtown Portland, and they would help those stumbling out of the bars, making sure that they were safe, they could get an Uber. They would pray with those who were hurting. They would give socks to the homeless. One of the the coolest things I saw was uh, this event. We partnered with the Tim Tebow Foundation. Maybe you've heard of this event. It's called Night to Shine, where we would open up um, our rented facility, and we would host a prom for adults with special needs. It was the most moving, joy-filled night. It was incredible. So I'm, I'm seeing our church do this, and as I'm there, we needed a bigger space, so we're praying. We were actually under contract on some land. We were going to build like a fifty-five thousand square foot facility. It looked awesome on paper, and then it all fell through, and we were we were bummed. We were like super bummed as a staff. So we get back on our knees and we prayed and we prayed, and it was at that time that God made available a ninety thousand square foot facility right in the mall area, kind of the the hub of everything. And it was like, whoa, that's like, that, that's just like a little beyond us. But then he gave us this vision to not just build a, a building for our church, but actually build a community center that our local community could use as like a gift, as a blessing to them. They could use it all week long. And then what we would do is we just meet there on Sundays for our services and, and church events, etc. Well, when God gives a vision, he also brings a provision, and that building ended up becoming the point. Now, I just wanna give, you, I wanna show you some pictures because this like blew my paradigm as to what a church building can look like, okay? So when you walk into the point, there's a turf soccer field, okay? This was the lobby on Sundays. And then what would happen is throughout the week, local sports teams, not church sports teams, local sports teams would rent it, and they would use it, and there'd be these leagues in there. super cool. Uh, When you come in as well, you look to the right, there's this cafe. And you'd often see people catching up over coffee, friends, families having a bite to eat. Because right next to that cafe, there was like a three-story playscape. And this was available for free for the community to use all week long. We had so many parents bring their kids in, and they would just run wild, and they'd have a blast. you know, the, the main auditorium, it, it sat, still seats, I guess, about 1,600 people. Made, made like worship services on Sunday. Tons of fun. But what was so cool was throughout the week and throughout the year, others could rent that space. We had local concerts there. And businesses would host conferences just because this is a, this is a, a blessing for the community. There was a smaller space called the Student Lounge. Student Ministry, Young Adult Ministry used it. But there were more business workshops hosted there. There were tons of meeting rooms. And yeah, we use those for church classes and groups and things, but you'd expect that. We also had AA meetings there and business network meetings and tons of birthday parties. There was actually a birthday party coordinator on staff because the community wanted to host so many birthday parties there. Now, here's what's wild. We, you know, People would come in, and they would look around this space and they would say to me, to others on our team, they'd be like, oh, I, I would never walk through the doors of a church. And yet they walked through the doors of The Point. And they were stunned that a local church would take one of its greatest resources and let it be a blessing for them and their neighbors to use started so many conversations and those conversations led to so many people coming to saving faith in jesus because a church that i just happened to be a part of had a vision bigger than itself a god-given vision the reason all of this worked the whole point idea the reason it worked 100 percent god was behind it the the, the second reason would be long before the point was a thing, East Point had a vision to be for Greater Portland. And they leveraged whatever resources, whatever tools, whatever creative ideas, Any leveraged it for the sake of how do we bless our local community? How does our local community know that God loves them? Because God is for our local community. And now the same is true for us one of the the things i haven't shared before uh but i was kind of going back through recently just like the the journey god brought me through when he was calling us to plant connect church was looking at like all the different scriptures he used to speak to me and one of the scriptures i want to share with you because i think it relates to what we're talking about and it also makes me expectant as to what could come in the future so the verse is this it's from isaiah 42 verses 6 through 9 says I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See the former things? That have taken place new things i declare before they spring into being i announce them to you through this prophecy god was yet again reminding his people hey you're to be a light for the gentiles for those far from me that's who you're supposed to be about they should look at you and it should be so distinct so different that they're going to want to know me too because i'm the x factor in their your life that's what god wanted of his people and i believe that's what god wants of us We are to be a light for the Gentiles, a light for those who are far from God, those who don't yet know him. And when people experience us, may they actually find freedom in Christ. As we are following Jesus, would others start to follow him too? To God be the glory, because it's all about his glory. So we got to be a light. We got to be a light for all to see. And I I was wondering, like, okay, how, how can we do this? So last week I grabbed coffee with the mayor of Lone Tree. Her name's Jackie Mollet, she's a great lady. And I was just like, hey, Jackie, I would love to know what you see as needs in our community. Because like, if we're honest, you look around our community and it's like, well, people seem to kind of have it together. And while there might not be visible needs, it became very evident In my conversation with her and i think it'll be evident in your conversation with neighbors etc there is there's deep need in our community a lot of people are hurting depression and anxiety are on the rise our suicide rate is crazy high there's a lot of isolation and loneliness and she specifically shared how just recently she was at morningstar just like a couple blocks down the hill from here and the a senior living facility, assisted living facility, and she said she could see the loneliness in the resident's eyes. And I thought, wow, that is untapped potential to express God's love. I don't know how specifically we should lean into that need, but Connect, I think we should lean into that need. So I would say, would you start praying with me that God would reveal how we can bring hope in life, in connection to a group of people who are feeling lonely and isolated. Uh, another thing she, she brought up was that here in, you know, just throughout the year, they're gonna, there's like a new apartment complex going up by the Ridgegate Light Rail Station. Um, there's a couple just typical apartments, but then there's an affordable living apartment. It's gonna have like 70 rooms or or 70 apartments. And she shared how she is concerned on the negative side, but hopeful on the positive side, that that community, those new residents are gonna feel welcomed into the community. And I thought, oh, that's an opportunity for us too. Jesus was all about the marginalized, the people others would have written off. What would it look like for us to love that community well too? How do we welcome them, not just to Lone Tree, but into a community that's much deeper than that the body of Christ the family of God what would that look like don't have the answer but I want to ask you to pray that God would reveal the way he is calling us as a church to be salt and light to these new residents who are going to be moving in this year how cool would it be if a year from now some of them are even part of our church that'd be incredible because maybe they would experience community like many of us are experiencing community. You see, there was a a theme that really stood out as I was talking with Jackie. It's that many people are, are suffering from loneliness and isolation, and we have the antidote because we have Jesus. Jesus makes all the difference. He not only gives us a relationship with God, he also invites us to be part of the family of God. And then he gives us purpose too we get to join him in extending god's love to those who haven't experienced it yet you know because when you look around our community the needs aren't super visible it can be tempting to write off service opportunities if you've been with our church for any length of time you know that we love to partner with the city when they host city events on the 4th of July, they do this family bike parade. We love to go pass out the decorations, participate in the event, hand out water at the end. In, in the fall, they do Lone Tree Day of Service where a lot of groups go out and they pick up trash around the, the city. Just a month ago, we did the Merry Days Christmas tree lighting where they light the Christmas tree you know, at the Performing Arts Center and we got to pass out hot chocolate. Okay, yes, that's not like digging a well or going and serving the homeless in downtown Denver a meal. Those things are important. Do not mishear me. Those things are so important. But you know who God also loves? God loves everyone. He loves the one who's poor, and he loves the one who's rich. So when we serve our neighbors, we get to show God's love to people who are hurting and in need too. They might have their physical needs met, but they have a much deeper need that is yet to be met. And we have the antidote because we have Jesus. We have Jesus. So connect church. We must rise up to connect the disconnected to a healthy community, but even more so to a growing relationship with God because that's what changes everything. And in case you ever wonder if like serving at city events matters, Jackie was very intentional with letting me know that the city notices us serving our city. And what that tells me is that when we show up, God's love is felt by those around us. So how are we going to show up? How are we going to show up? John Piper, author, pastor, he, he once said this, America is the first culture in jeopardy of amusing itself to death. Yeah, looking around, a lot of visible needs might be met, but you can have it all and have nothing if you don't have Jesus. You can have it all and yet have nothing if you don't have Jesus. We know Jesus, so let's bring Jesus and be like Jesus and be salt and light to those who don't yet know him so that they can know him too. So, as followers of Jesus, what what are we going to do? We're going to take Jesus' vision for his church seriously, recognizing that the local church should be for the local community. The local church should be for the local community. God is for South Denver, so Connect Church, we are for South Denver. And what that means is it means that we are going to serve humbly in this specific place to these specific people, because this is who God's called us to. This is where he's positioned us. So let's love the one in front of us and see what God does. We're going to unite together. We're going to maximize the gifts of our church community to bless our local community. We're not going to simply be a church in South Denver. We will be a church for South Denver. And if we should ever be blessed, with a a permanent facility one day, you better believe it will not just be a blessing to us. It will be a blessing to our local community, a tool, a gift, expression of God's love. Because Connect Church, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. So may we let our light shine, that others would see and would glorify our Father in heaven. Let me pray. God, we need you to move in us and through us to make this our reality. Would you orient our lives around expressing your love? Would our neighbors feel it? Would we live as everyday missionaries, joining you in loving the one who's far from you, the one who's different from us, the ones who live around us, Holy Spirit, would you please strengthen us? Would you equip us? Would you empower us? And would you open our eyes to the needs of those right in front of us? And would you help us love them? Whoever it is, whether it's right here or maybe in the future, it, it, it's in another country or in another part of the state or our own country, wherever it is, God, would you help us love those right in front of us? Because this is where you've positioned us. And we are expectant to see the lives that are changed in the glory that you receive as we follow you in this way. In Jesus' name, amen.